This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McGeady, and I'm very excited for this week's episode. I don't know if excited is the word I would use. I'm excited for my guest, but the topic that we're talking about is like, it's just, uh, it, it, it's dragging me down, but I need to release all of these thoughts and feelings and these body thetans before they take me over. Um, I am joined today by Julie Tice. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I knew I was going to, I was like, I'm going to screw it up anyway. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, so I've found you, of course, how I found, I find everybody now that I record with through the old tickety talk. And I was scrolling in bed at night and I was like already in my Jamie Lynn feelings, just like in a dark space. Your algorithm. <laughs> yeah. My algorithm's trying to kill me. And I stumbled upon your video and it was just so good. You posted a video. Well, I'll let you tell people what it's about. Sure. Yeah. So I guess the, my account's called Psych Advice and the videos that are really popular on there is a lot of it psychological breakdowns of what's going on in pop culture. Um, so obviously the Jamie Lynn, uh, Jamie Spears debacle came out. Um, we can really see from this is just it's highlights so easily toxic family dynamics and we can really see that coming out and I I feel am thankful that I was able to take this approach because you know you see T channels and they're reporting and I think that's important too but it's also important to be asking the whys behind what were the motivations of how Brittany ended up in this position why she is still there and how her family was complicit in that. Yeah, I think that's a really smart thing to bring up because a lot of people do view this as, and I think that in a lot of ways, this is just how Britney's life has been for so long where people see it as a bunch of small moving parts and mm -hmm. not really so much the big picture. And um, I noticed a lot, obviously with the Jamie Lynn stuff, you can really tell the difference between people who have had even like the tiniest bit of interest in this for the past few years versus people who just found out about all of this stuff happening. And, you know, the opinions are just so extreme, sort of all over the place. And I just found that when I saw your video, I 
really resonated with the fact that you brought up the mental health aspect of this fucking family and how important that is. And people are always diagnosing Brittany, you know, but like not sort of seeing the bigger picture. And that drives me crazy. No pun intended. No, I agree. I think people, I can tell as well who on my comments are just taking one thing because they'll say, oh, you know, you're reaching, it's not that deep, or they'll take one sentence I say, but I'm like, yes, one sentence might not make sense and it might feel that, but when you apply it to the bigger picture and the context of what's been happening for years and years and years, then that's when you can see how it fits in line and that it, all of our motives, we're all driven by how we were raised, by you know, our thoughts and behaviors, it always does have a deeper reason. So what do you think, just, I guess, how, are you, how long have you been a Britney fan? Are you like a Britney stan? Or like, what's your journey with this family, I guess? So, um, yeah, I mean, I was young when Britney came out and it was like the era of wearing crop tops. I had her, her CD and yeah, I remember getting the CD and like going to McDonald's. I was like, just the era of Britney. So youth. Yes, youth. Um, I've been like, I love Britney, but also I will say like, even in my analysis, I did, I try to remain objective as well. So I don't want it to, you know, seem like it's just a bias because a lot of these are, it's just obvious, you know, fan or not, at least to me. 1000%. And then there are the people who like on the other end who are fans that I think are very well-intentioned, but like, don't understand that they are right back in the cycle of where we were 10 years ago mm-hmm. of just overanalyzing every single move that this girl makes obsessively following her you know stalking everything she does like reporting every single thing she does in a day even if you are a fan is so at this point really I agree. And we have to remember too, you know, everyone, that's why I left it out of my analysis. I said, I'm like, I will not comment on Brittany's mental health on anything that I think she may or may not have because every action could also be boiled down to trauma. Mm -hmm. And Brittany has endured enough trauma through her childhood, through being a child star, and then through this conservatorship and now coming out of this conservatorship that it's, you would not be able to boil down any of these behaviors with the mental health diagnoses. Um, Even if she was sitting in front of me, it would be very hard because of the trauma that she has. Do you find it like, so I have a hard time kind of wrapping my head around the idea that Jamie Lynn is this dense as far as the reception publicly and that she keeps sort of planting her feet and digging deeper and leaning in like that to me is really mind-blowing and I always try and approach things from a sense of like if I was in that person's position what would I do or what would I be feeling and I think I kind of have an idea of what Jamie Lynn's thinking but I want to know your perspective of like why do you think it's so hard for her to see what every single person in the entire globe sees. Yep. I completely, I understand the frustration that you're having. I understand the frustration that everyone else is having. And I think it could be for a few reasons. Number one, we could say, you know, Jamie Lynn grew up in the same family and she learned that this abuse is almost normal. Uh, I talked about in my TikTok how Jamie Spears is a known alcoholic um, and 
with addict households, a lot of triangulation happens where you're pitting two siblings against each other. You're really finding like your favorite child. So um, in my analysis, I said that Brittany was the scapegoat and that Jamie Lynn was seen as the achiever and golden child, which might seem weird because Brittany was the more successful one objectively, mm. but it doesn't, it's all about the, how it's perceived inside of the family dynamic. So Jamie Lynn could have just been conditioned to see this. And that's what I wish she would almost just say is like, you know, at the time I thought the conservatorship was what was best for Brittany because I didn't understand. I mean, she never said she, instead she goes, I'm my sister's biggest supporter. And I think that's why we see that disconnect. That's why we can't trust her because there's too many contradictions in what she thinks we want to hear, which isn't, um, and probably what actually happened. I think the other theory could be in some ways she probably, she benefited off the conservatorship and that's mm -hmm. just from, you know, other pieces that I think all of us who have followed this case for a long time have seen um, with, you know, her relationship with Lou Taylor. Right. So it could be that. Um, but I really think about it. A good example I was thinking about before we hopped on here is how people view victims of abuse. And Jamie Lynn said a lot. She was like, well, I gave her the resources. And I, I told her this, even though she didn't know anything about the conservatorship right. there, but she was like, you know, I gave her the resources and people will sometimes say that with victims of abuse who are in like physically abusive relationships. They're like, I gave them I gave them a number to a hotline without understanding the psychological impacts of what happens when you're in an abusive situation. It doesn't, it, you can't act. And so there's mm -hmm. so much, we call that victim blaming. There's always victim blaming and there's always people like that. And so I think it's Jamie has a severe lack of understanding abuse and abusive dynamics. And that could either be her lack of trying or just her not wanting to realize that she herself was a victim of abuse and that her sister was as well. God, you bring up so many good points. The first thing that I want to cover, the fact that you, I love that you brought up the, the idea that it doesn't really matter how it's perceived from the outside. It's what's going on inside the family. It's the formula that makes the family what it is. And that's how they're going to see it, no matter how many millions of people are telling them otherwise and I think a lot of people would assume you know that Brittany would sort of just slide into that role of being like the golden child but I think based on the way Brittany was treated especially when she really needed if Brittany was the true golden child when she needed her family they would have been there for her exactly. do you know what I mean like if she was really the golden goose, the one that they really, like Brittany was the meal ticket. She wasn't the golden child, in my opinion, because she was treated like, like, a, like Cinderella. You know what I mean? There's so many. And I mean, that's where gaslighting comes into play. And, you know, you get so many, a lot of us have gone through that, actually. Like, this isn't just exclusive to Brittany and her family dynamic. Mm -hmm. So many of us and will go on and that's happened to us. And that's where self-esteem issues happen because how the public views Brittany and how we've fallen in love with her and we can see her star potential. A lot of times there can be jealousy reasons uh, or just gaslighting. It's that scapegoat of you're the problem child. Oh, Brittany's, well, you know, your sister, she's so wild. She's so yeah. crazy. And all, and again, that plays into the triangulation. So I bet Jamie Lynn probably did feel that way about her sister. And she was told that about her sister. And I, 
picked up on a lot of that Jamie Lynn was seen as this golden child, which also leads to psychological damage inside the family. It's not a fun role to play mm-hmm. when your other siblings are being scapegoated because you get that super intense pressure to be perfect. And she said that she's like, I always had to be perfect. I always had to be perfect. Um, so it was very obvious that to me that that was her role. Yeah, and it brings up a really interesting point that something that I honestly just as a, listen, I'm the first to admit that I'm a very blinded Britney fan at times and I can be psychotic. Um, (laughs) Just go back and listen to the Britney episodes of this podcast and you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's psycho too. Um, But I definitely think it's opened up this interesting kind of view. And Britney, I think, like expanded on this the other day in her post about the milkshakes where it's like, well, there's also a jealousy on Britney's from Britney's end that her sister was seen as the golden child. She was the kid that everybody in the family protected. She was raised by everybody. And everybody knows that if you're the kid in the family who's raised by everyone, you're kind of the favorite in a lot of ways. You're everybody's pseudo kid in the family. And, you know, it brings up this point that like, well, yeah, of course, Britney has jealousy surrounding what seems like her sister's very normal and childhood not there's yeah. it, and I would describe it less as jealousy but it's grief like that's what yeah. I see in Britney's post it's probably you know a childhood that she felt and you know justifiably so robbed of mm-hmm. um she didn't there was so much that she had to miss out on and I know we're going to get into speaking about that but the parentification of Brittany of having to be the breadwinner of you know Jamie Lynn describing her she was like a mother she was like a mother like that's not a good thing that shows me that there's like psychological damage of on Brittany of being like here's all of our family's problems parents aren't anywhere to be found to be productive parents because one's an alcoholic the other becomes a codependent and side of a relationship like that Mm -hmm. and it sounds like she was struggling with you know Brittany mentioned pills and stuff like that. So parents are nowhere to be found. Brittany now has to be the mother. Like, of course she has like grief and anger around losing that when she was like, who was there to baby her? And she says that like in a lot of her posts. God, it's just, I say this all the time, but it's just, it's sad because it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Like you couldn't be watching a nicer person be just hitting every shit end of this. Like she just gets the worst treatment in every way possible and it's terrible um I do want to get into the parentification though a little bit deeper (laughs) did I say it the right way yep (laughs) (laughs) I do want to get into that because I think it's really interesting um you know I grew up always thinking you know Brittany and Jamie's dynamic Jamie Lynn's dynamic was really sweet and you know I just sort of as a person who didn't grow up with siblings I always thought it was really cool that you know, obviously their parents weren't capable in a lot of ways of being the kind of parents that they needed and that Brittany kind of raised her. And of course, now that I'm older, I'm like, well, that's extremely toxic and like really sad, mm-hmm. you know, but it is interesting the way that they were able to kind of spin it for so many years and just the unraveling of this like Cinderella story that is Britney Spears's life, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the thing, um, you know, people will say again about, 
it's not that deep, but it is in the moments. What I picked up on all of Jamie's interviews is the moments where she thought she was saying something that was good. Um, and that's where I can tell she doesn't understand abuse and abuse dynamics because mm -hmm. she speaks about it, you know, kind of how we would if we were kids and we're like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, yeah, it's like her, her mother without being like, oh, shit, that is some like psychological damage. Right, totally. Absolutely. Do you think that she... So my sort of theory when I was watching, because I felt like the first part of the interview, I guess we can kind of talk about the interviews now. Um, the first part of the interview and the second part of the interview were very different in tone, I thought. Mm -hmm. uh, the first part felt very, you know, I, I actually thought the first part of the interview did a good job of showing the perspective of Jamie Lynn. Because so far her interviews have been like really, really Good Morning America, fluff piece we have five minutes you know yeah. say a couple things and it was cool to see her sit down and like really be able to expand on things um but my biggest takeaway from that first part of it was like wow she really has not done any work mm -hmm. uh, in regards to how she feels and her emotions in regards to her family and like she's on this press tour literally discovering how she feels about her family while she's being interviewed. Like, that's like not great. Exactly. And I had the same feeling because you can see so much where she does seem like she was processing as she was getting asked questions. Uh, and there was a lot of, I don't, I don't know, or I don't understand why she's mad about that. And I think that is what's frustrating, you know, for anyone who's a fan, because it's like, well, if, if you don't understand, like, and figure it out or educate yourself like how could you why are you lacking the empathy to put yourself in her shoes to understand right and, I mean that could come from denial of Jamie Lynn not wanting to recognize their family situation and be like no we were we were a good perfect family I mean I've gotten that so often with clients who walk in and like well just so you know I had a perfect childhood and then a couple sessions into it we're like no you no, you don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, As suspected, um, it's usually uh, alert when someone says even that. But I got the same impression that she didn't understand. I do wonder if she's going through some kind of therapy because she definitely repeats this like, my story matters. You know, I should have a say in that. And that is something you would kind mm -hmm. of first discover in therapy. It's like, oh, no, wait, I have a voice in this. So I wondered like what work she was doing with that because she seems that seems important to her and like a self-discovery right. that she's probably recently had, but she doesn't understand what happened with Brittany. And it, it does leave us frustrated because how could you not know when all of us knew who aren't her sister? Yeah, it's really hard. And it's like, I'm, I'm like in my mind doing the work to try and get it. Cause I'm like, I can't wrap my head around it. And I hate not being able to like approach things logically. You know what I mean? Like, I just like it, it frustrates me and I'm like I can't understand why you would even think that people would feel empathy for you or feel sorry for you when like first of all we can't help but compare the two situations right. because you're choosing to go on a book tour immediately after your sister being told by a judge that she can swipe a credit card like, and she's comparing the situations as well so that's right. where it it makes it really hard. <laughs> yeah, because I've gone my whole life being like, no, people need to understand that Jamie Lynn was also abused. 
like I used to defend her because I'm like no her their parents are insane and you know I think obviously Jamie's pregnancy really the trauma of her pregnancy really had a major impact on her placement in the family how she views herself in the family you know her dynamic with her sister and it just feels like she's so in it that she can't help but compare her trauma to her sister's yeah I I mean you just see this extreme back and forth of like she so wants to be justified in her pain and you know she does have a story that's that is valid for her and I don't think that's the frustration of the public of us denying that she has a story it's her contradictions and the fact that she I don't see real empathy for her for Britney's struggle that she has for Britney um I think she tells us what we want to hear. We can immediately pick up this isn't genuine Mm -hmm. because it doesn't fall in alignment with some of the other things that she says. And I think she's telling us what we want to hear as a way to kind of clear her name. And then she's saying, well, this is my story. And she thinks that's the right approach. And where I wish she would just say is like, I I did think she should be in the conservatorship or, you know, like I I was upset when I was seeing these behaviors. This is what I thought. I've since then changed my opinion because I didn't understand that that was abuse. I was also being like, if that would have been it, but I mean, that takes a lot of self-awareness to come to that point. Um, And she's, she's not there at all. Right. Yeah. (laughs) She's clearly the furthest thing from self-aware. I mean, it seems like she's got that working against her on top of everything. Like, she just is a generally not self-aware person at all um, to be saying the stuff that she's saying. And like you said, I think the thing that really enrages people is the lack of empathy. Like, she can't fake empathy, even a tiny bit. And it's like a stranger would hear your sister's story and be empathetic to it. Like, that's what's so, I can't, I just can't, I don't get it. The other thing we can think about to, you know, I guess build Jamie Lynn's case is where we talk about the parentification of Britney Spears. And for those who don't know, parentification is when parents will pretty much make a child the parent. So you can either do that emotionally, which I think Britney also went through of, you know, that's where you, the parents will talk to the kids about the bills or divorce or the fighting, uh, just very adult topics and make them carry that or make them parent another sibling, or you have it where it's in very real ways, like financial. I mean, Brittany was buying houses. She was Mm. paying rent. So where we see the parentification of Brittany, which causes psychological damage, I was so alerted to the infantilization of Jamie Lynn. And not only how we see a lot of people describe in the family, she was the baby of the family. Oh, she was just a baby. We have to take care of her and coddle her. She describes herself that way. Oh my God, you're so right. I think she is very, um, she's probably emotionally stunted. I had a hard time during the Call Her Daddy podcast keeping up with her timeline because she was like, well, I was just a baby. But she would say that when she was seven, when she was eight, up until her pregnancy, even she was like, well, I was just a baby. I was just a baby. And so even though she's a 30 year old woman now, she still refers to herself. I was just a baby. I was just not seven, not eight, not 10, not 11, not a teenager. I was just a baby. Yeah. You're so, you just blew my mind. Like that is so true. Even down to her saying like, um, well, you like took, that was so good that it like took my thoughts away, <laughs> but no down to her saying like, 
you know, I don't know anything that went on because I was so protected. And she kept saying I was insulated. She kept using the term insulated. And it's like, yeah, she definitely is in a lot of ways still very much stuck in that, like, I'm the baby of the family. I'm Jamie Lynn. Like, I'm protected. And I'll say, you know, narcissistic parents, addict parents, it doesn't matter how old you actually become, they will still apply that those labels to their children, both the parentification and infantilization. So she could still be getting that from her parents of like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're just a baby. And a lot of the reasons why addict or narcissistic parents will do this is to make you doubt your own decisions and your own beliefs. So we could be very much seeing Jamie Lynn's back and forth inside her head of probably what a normal human and a good person would believe about her sister and Brittany. And then what she was told since she was born about Brittany, because Brittany is 10 years older than her at the time from Jamie Spears, her father. So Mm -hmm. she, I would guess she probably has huge two conflicting sides of her being like, this is what I would have believed if I wouldn't have had my father in my ear telling me all this stuff, making me doubt my decisions and my belief. Um, And then, you know, this is all of his thoughts. So she probably has two conflicting sides of her. The other thought that I have of that's not as in favor to her is, is she infantilizing herself because we very rarely get angry at children? And is that a way to, again, shield public perspective of like, I, how could I have had anything to say about this? That's such a good point. Yeah, because there, well, I also have a, I have a theory that I want to run by you. Yes, let's hear it. <clears throat> okay, so in my study of pop stars and specifically child stars who become adult stars I've picked up a lot especially with Britney is I think one of the maybe the best examples that their relationship with the public almost becomes kind of like this parental thing where Britney is sort of appeasing the public in the way that she would a parent because we don't approve of the way she dresses or her boyfriend or she's wearing too much makeup or you know she's like telling half truths about going out with her friends like it's a real sort of like I have to appease the the public like they're raising me because they get to choose what I do and what I say and what I wear and all the things and I feel like you can definitely kind of see that with Jamie Lynn in a way too especially in the sense that I feel like Jamie Lynn is very much like like I said earlier stuck in how we treated her when we found out she was pregnant Mm -hmm. you know and I think in a lot of ways, it's almost like until Jamie Lynn gets the acknowledgement from the public that we're sorry for that and that we acknowledge that what she went through was traumatic, like she's not going to get out of it. And it's almost like when you hear your, you want your parents to acknowledge your trauma in a really specific way and they don't and you just are like in it forever. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I was going to say like so many of us feel that way. Like it can be why, you know, people want closure after a breakup. It can be why we want our parents to acknowledge the pain we've gone through. Any trauma, it's very, you know, common to want that justification or to feel justified in your pain because it's painful. However, that's not how healing works. You know, if you were to work with a professional, we don't just say, okay, yes, you stay angry till you get that (laughs) validated by your parents or by your ex or whoever hurt you. It's, we have to, if you're justified, then be justified. Like that's, that's what I want to say to her. Like you don't, I understand wanting that because I've been in that position too. Haven't we all? Yeah. 
but you can't wait. And I mean, we even see it. I love Brittany. We see it on Brittany's side too. Like, I think all of her posts are like, see me. I want to be justified. Like this wasn't fair. And we're going to see this back and forth with them until mm -hmm. they do it, that inner healing because the public can't give it to them. Because if you've ever gone on and you've talked to all of your friends about, you know, the ex that did you wrong or whoever that was, you tell everyone your story and your friends are like, yeah, you're right. He's a piece of shit. It's like, it's yeah. still not enough. Like we still don't feel full because it's just something we have to give ourselves. It's so true. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that point with Brittany too, because I feel, I wish that people, I know that it's, it's at this point impossible to ask, but I wish that people would be a little bit more, um, just aware of her circumstance when it comes to like her posting and stuff like yeah. this is a person who I I think that people have to take their almost step outside of the conservatorship when it comes to her and realize like yes this has been her life for 13 14 years but like way beyond that Britney Spears has been abused and isolated yeah. and told what she can and can't do like her earlier life was just some other version of this weird orbit that she's created around herself and that's been created for her and you know a lot of it's like she's learning how to fucking use the internet like a normal person for the first time she's never been allowed to be vocal about how she feels like ever in her life so there's some you know she's like it's a learning curve and it feels like a diary entry and you know what she probably wasn't allowed to keep one like because people would probably read it and she didn't yeah. have any privacy and I mean you're right like it sounds like us when we were learning how to use MySpace and it because we just got the internet and we're posting our diary yes exactly <laughs> like all over we're like I want to be justified in my pain you did me wrong right. my friends but I mean yeah of course you know I agree with you it should like there should be some level of understanding with that and it's it is it's tragic because Britney's life has been trauma after trauma after trauma. And as far as your theory, you know, saying, it, are they waiting for the public's perspective? It's, there's so little we know about fame. I think, you know, now psychologists are saying fame is a type of trauma because mm -hmm. of how it goes, but we have less of a sample size. So what they have studied is why are, you know, the general public, so we have huge sample sizes to look at. Why are we drawn to celebrities? And, you know, you get these diehard fans or haters or, we're so involved in emotion, like, why is that? It's a parasocial relationship where because they share their life with us, we feel like we we know them and we have access to their life. And so right. we feel in alignment, but you're right. When we don't know a lot about what do they feel about their relationship with the public? Do they experience that same parasocial relationship of like, well, I have to, you know, all of you are, are my children. I have to be like a role model for you. Um, and I think that's, that's fair when we Paris Hilton has talked a lot about that I think mm -hmm. you know Brittany of like what does the public want to see because you're right in the same way if we don't appease the public it's like worse than your parent like you have hundreds of people telling you millions if you're Brittany like that you're a bad person that you shouldn't be doing this you should put on clothes like do you imagine the media at the time was insane right especially when you've been told that like a good girl does appease the public like if you're a good girl and you are a good christian girl who's going to go to heaven like you do appease the public and you do apologize if your belly's showing too much and you know you should be a virgin and if you aren't a virgin you should lie about it because you should be like 
you know, the idea that like, yeah, I should make the public happy, you know, and if they're not, then like, it's my fault. And I'll, I, you know, I'll lie my way out of it or do whatever, you know, it's, it's really, it's really sad. And, you know, I think as much as we like to hate on Jamie Lynn, like Jamie Lynn was a child star by all, you know, by the definition of what it means to be a famous child, like Jamie Lynn had her own television show. Like we can make fun of her, but she was like very famous as a kid. And you know, famous on a really, a a network that is crazy, and her situation was just fucking nuts, and I think that she's very much stuck in that time space, like, where she was mentally at that time. It's it's sad. They didn't have have parents to, like, guide them through that, or be like, your morality isn't attached to your sexuality, or what you do sexually, like, they, where were the the parents really are to blame here. And that's the only, you know, point I will advocate for Jamie Lynn on is it's so easy to go to her Instagram because she has an Instagram Mm -hmm. and it's, she's has a public persona and presence. So we can go there and we can go in her comments and we can talk about her. But I mean, the real villains of this story are state of California the people who allow this conservatorship to happen, the people who look the other way, the lawyers who are paid, her and her parents. Like they're the adults, the ones who are supposed to be adults in this situation and take care of these two girls. Like those are the people that I think more of our anger should be directed at. And I, you know, while the the conversation you and I are having is important for mm-hmm. not, it's not that I don't think Jamie Lynn should be held accountable or for us to be like, that's not, that's not right what you're saying. Like that's a little bit out of alignment. But for us to have like more anger towards her than we do towards the parents or the lawyers or everyone else who allowed this to happen, like, that's not okay. What do you think about the, the sort of like, you know, we all know those families or we come from those families. I very much come from this kind of family where there's sort of a performative, um, a sort of performative like act of like what our family dynamic is. So in their case, it's like, we're a Southern family from a small town and Brittany couldn't stop singing into her hairbrush, you know, like their sort of origin story that they've made up for themselves. And then I, people big tend to believe that about their own families, even if it's made up, right? Oh, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And this is like, it makes me really question because we don't know a lot about the father, Jamie, but just all of this stuff of how we can see how the girls were raised just it does scream narcissistic dynamics Mm -hmm. because that is you know you see the fault the mask and the false perception a narcissist will make their family the performative arts put on and to have that crumble or break down would mean they are crumbling and breaking down so they will do whatever it takes to keep that narrative alive and Mm -hmm. Then I think that's why Brittany became the scapegoat because it's like, okay, our family actually is fucked up and they're mm-hmm. seeing it unravel. And so we're like, they're th- perfect. We got Brittany. She's, oh, she's just stressing us out. She has all these problems. Uh, so, and yes, I think that inside of that family, it's super common for the kids to take on that we have to keep this narrative alive because mm-hmm. they've been trained that this is, it's almost, it's their survival of how they fit inside this family. If we look at humans, we're tribal animals. Your family is your first tribe. So kids will learn to do whatever it takes to not be kicked out of this tribe. And so if that wow. probably was Jamie Lynn's role 
of being like, I, yep, you're right. Family's perfect. Family's perfect. Mm -hmm. The only one who isn't is Brittany. She's a crazy one. And that was, that's a safe narrative to fall into, but otherwise we're good. I love my mama. Like Papa got some problems, but, but you know, he's working on, I I love my father. I love my sister. Like you hear all of that through the, the interviews. Yeah, and even, like, I I posted last week an, an interview on my Instagram of Jamie when she was, like, a kid on Oprah, and even going back and looking at that stuff, it's, like, there's such a a darkness to the acting mm-hmm. of her being, like, my sister is a sweet Southern girl who would never hurt anybody. Like, it's just, like, wow, these kids are really being just spoon-fed bullshit, and <sighs> because kids don't talk like that like no my sister like and (laughs) I think if Jamie Lynn realized our distrust comes from her not being honest about that because it's just I was my sister's biggest fan I love my sister and you know like you said even when she was young like my sister kids don't talk like that annoying me I hate it here (laughs) I bless her yeah such a it's like what is going on like what are you a 90 year old woman at like a hair shop (laughs) you're you're 11 years old like what are you doing um yeah and I agree with you I wish that like I know that the parents are getting a lot of shit but like and I know that Jamie is an ass Jamie Lynn is an asshole like we cannot deny the fact that like Jamie Lynn is just a rootin' tootin' asshole at times and she's tough she's got a lot of backbone she's got a lot of fucking backbone to be going up against the entire globe yeah I mean she I think it's to me and in her interviews, like she thinks she's right. And right. I think she does need to be called out and humbled a little bit. And it, it is frustrating because when she was asked the question um, in the call her daddy interview is like, why do you think people don't like you? And she's like, they just don't want me to exist. I was like, wanted to scream. Yeah. And that's why I said, when she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, it's, that's apparent. That is the most honest thing you've said is you don't get it. <laughs> Do you think she really doesn't get her? Do you think she just doesn't want to get it? Like, does she really not get it? I think t- for her to get it would mean that she has to acknowledge the part that she played. And I don't think she's ready to do that. That doesn't feel safe to her for whatever reason. Uh, she's not will- willing to see her part in that. So whether it's her looking the other way and deep down she knows or whether she really just doesn't know, Uh, it's probably I would guess it's a psychological thing of not wanting to acknowledge it because what does that mean about her and how her perception of herself her perception as a mother um that would for her to acknowledge it it would change everything about how she would see herself you are so fucking right because then she would have to to face her perception of her sister too and like what do I actually view you as you know yep. what I mean? Because I've thought that this was fine. And she even said in either the, I think it was the second part where she was like, you know, this had been going on for 14 years. Like, this is normal. all I had ever known. Yeah, I thought it was it's, normal. Like, okay, so you think that your sister's, you've been conditioned to think that your sister's abuse is normal. Yeah. Yes. That was like, really, that stuck with me where I was like, whoa, they mm-hmm. all watched her be abused and they knew she was in pain, but they're so used to it that they didn't care and she actually had the like the audacity and the gall to be like here's my text messages of me basically skimming through a phone book I mean that was the equivalent of like oh you found her some phone numbers 
It's giving very CDC telling us to go to Google. Literally, like, girl, really? You truly did the bare minimum and, and you're proud. Brought up, you know, you know, people in abusive relationships will be like, I gave you the hotline number. And it's like, that is, that's not what people need who are yeah. being abused. It's not, no. And it's like what Brittany said, she's like, I needed a sister. Like I needed you there for me. I, I need you to come over. So I don't need a phone number. Right. But I think it just, it, the thing that makes it harder is like all of us know that if there was anybody, Jimmy Lynn was the one in the family that would have been like, you know, she's so like, we know her to be this like tough ballsy chick who like, doesn't take shit. Imagine if she put all that energy, all of her like sort of hateful energy into helping her sister. Like, do we know that? Because to me, I see, I just see like puppet, puppet, puppet. Yeah, I guess you're right. Facade. It is. I think the only like tough exterior it's, we're probably seeing Jamie Spears coming out in her of like who he has made her be because if it's not to his bidding then she's not where is she then where's the strength then isn't that so interesting seeing him come out of her yeah like you can definitely see the Jamie Spears vibes from her in these interviews strangely enough the the child this is what you typically see in these kind of family dynamics the child who is the scapegoat is usually their personality is usually more similar to the parent who has made them the scapegoat and that's kind of where that starts is they're like i will be damned like if you know you're you're better than me or you're what so it's a way to keep them down so i i thought i saw that I, i didn't put it in my video but it's like stuck with me and i've kind of been thinking on that i'm like interesting it is interesting. And you do see people comparing them a lot now. You see people making a lot of comparisons between Jamie and Jamie Lynn. And just, you know, she's got like that old, mean, like <laughs> Southern dad vibe. And I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> it's so fucked up. And also just the Lynn of it all. Like, I, I, I hate that it feels like Lynn is just like, I don't know. Like, I've never trusted Lynn Spears my entire life. I've always thought she was a creepy pageant mom. Where was she? Where was she, too? Like, where the fuck is Lynn in all of this? And they have a brother. Where is Brian? Where's the brother? I was, my so my friend Zach and I talk about this a lot, and I have him on my podcast a lot. And he um, always brings up that, you know, for a little while, Brian was like managing Britney, if you will, mm-hmm. during Glory, like 2016-ish. And it felt like she, because maybe he was involved, things had become a little bit more lax. Like she was doing like really candid interviews in comparison to what she had done years before. And she had released an album that it seemed like she really liked and really wanted to be promoting and stuff. And it really sort of piqued my interest in Brian the lost child because I've always I've never really cared about Brian people so it's funny that you just said that because I was gonna say you know people asked when I explained the dynamics of Brittany and Jamie Lynn you know hero achiever for Jamie Lynn scapegoat for Brittany they're like well what's the brother and I was like, I guess lost child because I forgot <laughs> this. Like, yeah, I, I, literally lost. I, I forgot there was a brother. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say lost child. 
Dude, he would be the one to write the book. Like, if anybody wrote the book, it would be Brian because your he's... opinion on him is it is the silence complicit? Is the silence and like the like I've also been beaten down. I I don't have a voice. Would I? I really don't know a lot about the brother. So my perspective on him is that he's observed everything silently. Mm-hmm. as the kid who never the parents never saw him as worthy enough for the spotlight he's never had any sort of sparkle or it factor he wasn't a pageant kid he literally just existed in the family mm-hmm. I think that he's been raised as the one who observes everything and knows everything and I would imagine Brian is probably the one that they all kind of run to with their shit too mm-hmm. you know because he's like he's the outsider yeah, um like, yeah totally and I think that Brian just based on the small interviews that he did during the conservatorship kind of blowing up I think that he definitely knew what was going on I think he knew it was wrong I think that the men in the Spears family have a really uh, specific view of women mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's, I mean that's southern mindset like in yeah general. yeah like it's very I'll never forget him saying, you know, that the women in the Spears family are unfortunately headstrong. Oh. And it was just like, okay. I'm going to put that in my, in my bio from now on. Unfortunately, headstrong. That's Sorry, guys. That's going on my dating app. <laughs> unfortunately, I think for myself, it's this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, mental illness. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't trust Brian as far as I can throw him. I think that he's treacherous. And I also don't think that Brian gets, I mean, obviously he's her older brother. He's not a parent, but like Brian is so much to blame for Britney's partying and introduction to drugs and alcohol. And he really just kind of escaped the whole conversation like not like my hands are clean yeah he has escaped it and you know these are the questions that like thank god that would never have been asked if it weren't for the free free britney movement yeah because and these are the questions we have to keep asking of you know where were you where Mm -hmm. where were all these people to say something um and i know we all wanted jamie lynn to say something i think she does need it's fair to hold her accountable for that but who else are we leaving out of the conversation yeah I agree I agree with you especially with the the free Britney movement I mean it's been so validating for the people who have been kind of freaked out by a lot of this stuff for you know a decade or or however long um to feel heard and to be like well yeah all this evidence that I have in my head uh (laughs) this family like it exists and it's real um but yeah I don't know what do you think how do you think that this like is there a world where this family can like make this work like if you were like treating them what would you even tell them I would have I would not even let Jamie Spears in my presence so the father's out (laughs) but I would have I think there is there can be hope for Brittany and Jamie Lynn now I would have them both sit down in a room tell their sides of the story and with the other one being like, just listen, just listen. And for the other one to be able to say, like, I see you, I hear you. Like, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm sorry for the role I played in hurting you. Even if I thought I was right at the time, it, it still hurt you. And that's what needs to be acknowledged. And for them to continue 
to say that. Like, I can tell you if I was Jamie Lynn and going on this interview, I'd be like, like, I'd be in tears. I'd be like, I can't believe my sister endured this abuse. Not, well, I gave her the key. So you have to walk through the door. Like that's where it's, you can see there's no true understanding of the pain. And I think Brittany has to acknowledge Jamie Lynn's side. Like, God, that was probably hard as a little kid to be watching this and you're pregnant and your parents aren't around and you're wondering where your sister is at. And you're feeling like you have to be the perfect one. And for Jamie Lynn to say, I'm sorry, you were abusing. You thought you were abandoned because you kind of were. And I'm right. sorry I wasn't there. And I'm sorry I didn't know how to help you at the time. And the way that you needed to be helped, not in the way that Jamie Lynn thinks she needs to be helped. Right. I did not help you in the way you needed. Yeah, and I, I, I would imagine that there's there has to be an element of, you know, Brittany moving forward has to kind of acknowledge that her family is not ever going to, it's almost like they don't see her as a human being. And like, that's really fucked up and like a horrific thing to have to face. But the lines are so blurred at this point. Like they're never going to look at her and think what they did was truly wrong because they've been enslaving her in some form since she was five. Like it's just another, you know, it was just another contract, I I feel. Yeah. And who knows, like their beliefs of, yeah, the way they view their children and to just you know, make money and for both of the girls, um, there, there is a lot wrong. And I worry about Brittany because I can tell she has a very negative view on therapy. And that was probably like, you can tell she was given a therapist that she did not like, that was not like on her side. And I've had so many people tell me, it's like, you have a bad therapy experience. It's like, you never want to go back because you're trusting that person. And so I, yeah, it seems like the family has a very negative view on therapy. And so that's one thing I would encourage Brittany is like, I'm so sorry, you did not have a good experience. And that's like totally valid. But there are people out there that, you know, are going to like support you and help you process some of this stuff without telling you like you're bad or wrong. They probably had like, they probably didn't have a therapist, probably like some pastor or I don't know. Yeah, honestly. Assigned by Jamie Spears. So it makes me just sad because I can tell she probably has a lot of distrust for mental health professionals. And so I hope in some, in whatever way she chooses to heal, that she finds something that feels right for her. Well, I appreciate you so much for doing this with me. Your perspective was so interesting and this was really, really fun. I really like recording fun for me too. I'm like, somebody's asking me about my theories. Nobody's asking <laughs> about my theories. <laughs> Bro, you are important and smart and all the things. Um, Thank you. I had a blast. <laughs> we'll tell people where they can find you online, specifically on TikTok. Your TikToks are fucking incredible. Thank you. You can find me on Psych Advice on TikTok for more psychological breakdowns of celebrities. And then it's Julie Tice Official. T-H-E-I-S. That's how you spell my last name. <laughs> uh, Tice. You can remember it's Psych Advice with Julie Tice. Oh, that's good. Oh my God. Yeah, it's supposed to go together. So yes, TLC will be reaching out like at the end of the day for some sort of thing. (laughs) Well, thank you again for coming on. This was super fun. You have to come back. I would love to anytime. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. 